Witness protection can't erase his past. This is Nailgun Messiah, the first book in the Micah Reed series. One novel, read to you a chapter at a time. Join us each week for a new installment of the story and get the book at jimheskett.com forward slash nailgun podcast. And now, the host and author, Jim Heskett. Hey everybody, welcome to the Nailgun Messiah podcast. I'm Jim, and uh, I'm very glad to be here, and I'm, I'm glad that you're here too, uh, going along on this ride with me. So before we get to our reading for this episode, I just want to do a couple of housekeeping things. Um, first, I know I said I'm releasing, uh, I, I'm releasing a bunch of these episodes all at once, so you can listen to them all uh, in sequentially and get all addicted to the show. It's my evil master plan. But also I want to talk about the scheduling for after that, because um, most of you probably aren't going to hear them, you know, right in the first couple days that come out. It's my intention. So here's what I can promise you. A new episode every Tuesday until this bad mamma is done. And my hope is to also release an episode every Friday. So new episodes every Tuesday and Friday, because I think having to wait a week in between episodes might be, I don't know, it might be cruel. And I, I don't want to do you guys that way. But... Also, if I'm being honest, doing two episodes a week is, is kind of a big strain. So the, here's what I will promise you an episode every Tuesday. And I'm going to try to put out two a week, uh, an additional episode on Friday. But if I'm being totally honest here, I can't promise you that I'm going to hit that every single time. So my intention, two episodes a week until this guy is done. And then um, then we'll all cry because the show's over. So anyway... The other thing I wanted to mention is that you can go to the Nailgun Messiah um, podcast page, which is jimheskett.com forward slash nailgun, and there is a link on that page where if you want, you can get the prequel novel to this book for free. Yep, it's a full-length novel, a full-length micro-read novel, and you can get it for free at jimheskett.com forward slash nailgun. There's a link right down there. So all you do there is you takes you to a page, you plug in your email address, and that puts you on my mailing list, which is a, a sweet thing to be a part of. To ask anybody, they love it. You get that book plus another book, uh, to the Totes for Free. And um, so you guys should check that out, really. Seriously. Anyway, I don't know what I'm doing here. Okay, let's move on. I'm going to go ahead and get into our reading this week. Um, and, or this, not this week, this episode. See, I'm already thinking weekly. And there's a, um, a little note, programming note, uh, a little ways into this reading, there's a, a scene break, and it switches point of view from one character to another, and so I'm just going to pause for a few seconds, so if the, if the audio feed goes dead for like three seconds, don't, uh, don't get nervous, I'm just pausing to denote that the scene is changing. Okay, alright, here we go. Lila returned to the master bedroom on the first floor. Her skin crawled as she fumbled with the doorknob, unable to open it with shaking fingers. Little needles of touch danced across her flesh. Microscopic bugs on the surface of her skin, burrowing, surfacing, eating herself to survive. The tension in her jaw spread into her head and neck as the pulse of a migraine threatened to swallow her. She gripped the doorknob and jerked the door open, 
Inside her room, dim light from the bedside lamp became a million candle spotlight, boring into her eyes. She knelt on the floor, breathing into her cupped hands. The cold floor pushed back against her knees, and she bore down, using the pain to center her thoughts. Her skin still crawled, but the feeling of her breath flowing in and out reduced the image of the maggots into a faint echo blinking on the edges of memory. There were no maggots, no bugs on the skin. Just a panic attack. She knew this. Nails scratched her skin to release some endorphins and ease the itch. In a minute or two, the pain and nausea subsided, and she leaned forward on her hands to do push-ups. She counted to twenty, feeling the endorphins rush through her, making her calm. When she stood, she was only a little wobbly. Thoughts of revelations of the seven seals of truth and beauty, of ascendancy, of how the reward in the next life would make up for all the suffering in this one. Nothing could be more glorious. She ran the water in the bathroom sink and held her aching hand underneath the warm stream. Her knuckles had scraped against Magdalene's hard temple and she could feel them swelling. Lila didn't like enforcing the rules, liked even less that the very same people she loved and made so many sacrifices for would break them, years' worth of sacrifice. The rule of law was a tenuous and fragile thing that only worked if everyone put the same amount of faith into it. Water cascaded over her flesh, renewing it, removing the dirt and grime and other impurities. The maggots were gone. Magdalene had been a good member of the house, a good student. This new element of her brother had the power to corrupt a lot of the goodness in her. Lila could see that, and Lila also knew that Magdalene's brother might have been sent here to test her, to make sure she was worthy of being chosen. If she would be one of the 144,000, then there had to be no doubt. Letting him stay here could be the best possible thing for Magdalene, could help her see that the family she had chosen was the path of love. But Lila also ran the risk that allowing Micah to stay might corrupt others in the house. Were they strong enough to also be tested? She couldn't make this decision alone. Lila turned off the water and crept to the doorway to make sure no one was lingering in the hallway. Then she shut the door and opened the bottom drawer of her dresser glanced out the window to ensure no one was in the yard watching, then took her cell phone from the pocket stitched inside her pants. She powered it on, waited a minute for text messages and voicemails to appear. There were none. She composed a new text message to Eagle. When will you be back? She sat on her creaky bed for two minutes, breathing in the musty air of this ancient and peaceful house, awaiting his reply, but it didn't come. Aching fingers powered off the phone. She would check it after dinner tonight. Lila had always felt more comfortable with Eagle around, even though he was a poor substitute for Cyrus. But Cyrus was still in jail, at least for three more weeks. When the lamb returned home, things would be very different around here. No more treating the rules like a hat to be worn only when the mood strikes. No more making allowances for skipping Bible study. No more half-hearted dedication to prayer. The website would go live, and Cyrus would help the message go viral and push the true manna into infamy. She couldn't wait. After Lila smacked her, Magda hurried out of the room a few seconds later and Micah could only watch. He'd been powerless to stop it because the whole violent episode had been so unexpected. He'd let that too-tall buzz-cut bitch attack his sister right in front of him. Whatever was going on in this house, Micah knew he couldn't let Magda be apart. He whipped out his phone to text Frank about it, but he couldn't get any service here. 
He checked for a Wi-Fi connection and found one network, but it was secured. He had a feeling that Lila owned the network, and she might not be willing to hand out the password. Micah sat on the edge of his bed, feeling the shock drain out of him and logic return. He'd known Magda was in some kind of commune, but he always imagined they were making handcrafted artisanal soap from alpaca tallow or tie-dyed baby onesies spun from hemp fibers, organic lip balm made from bees' honey to sell at the farmer's market, or some crap like that. But this... He didn't know how to begin to understand this. Micah took Boba Fett's head out of his pocket and set it on the bed next to him. He tapped it a few times, scooting it around in a circle on the bedspread. A head peered around his doorway. Short guy, carved brown hair, neatly trimmed beard, hint of pectoral muscles through his shirt. He had a toothbrush sticking out of his mouth, streak of toothpaste on his lips. Didn't look at all like your typical Netherland hippie, more like a middle-income, bolder, startup entrepreneur. Hello there, he said as he took the toothbrush out of his mouth. I'm Rodney. Heard you come in, but I figured I'd give you a chance to get settled first. It's a lot to take in. Rodney had a welcoming smile and bright eyes with plenty of wrinkles around his mouth and a few patches of gray in his facial hair. Looked mid-forties, probably. Rodney stepped into the room and folded his hands in front of his waist, toothbrush sticking straight up. Had this man heard Lila hitting his sister? If he had, was he okay with it? or was he also helpless to do anything about Lila? Micah's first impulse was to ask Rodney what the hell was going on here, but part of his brain warned him to trust no one, at least not yet. Micah. Rodney pointed to the head of the action figure on the bed. Is that Boba Fett? Micah nodded and reminded himself to act sociable. He wasn't much for small talk, but if he was going to stay here, he and Rodney would have to act like acquaintances at least. Boba's sort of my good luck charm. Been lugging him around since high school, actually. He used to have a body, but not even Boba Fett is safe from the cruel hand of time. Rodney laughed, a light and effeminate kind of titter. Don't I know it. I was a huge Star Wars fan growing up. You live here, right, Rodney? Sure do. Micah paused. Why? Rodney took a hesitant breath and his lips jittered as he formed the words. Lila is helping me. Helping you? Yes. Micah wanted to ask more, but Rodney's hesitation told him to wait for another time. Micah had to start learning who in this house could be trusted so he could get Magda out without anyone interfering. And he had to get a working phone so he could contact Frank as soon as possible. Garrett is coming back from his night shift, Rodney said. So Lila wants to have a house meeting before the rest of us go off to work this morning. She asked me to ask you if you could come down to the den. Is that okay? Uh, sure, I guess so. Rodney smiled again and inserted the toothbrush back into his mouth with that same kind of playful charisma. Micah followed him downstairs and into the den where Lila was seated at her massive chair with Magda at her feet. The side of Magda's face was already turning blue from the bruise, but she didn't move her head to acknowledge Micah's or Rodney's presence. A tray of muffins sat on a side table next to the grandfather clock, fresh baked, still warm, blueberry. Rodney grabbed a muffin, took a spot on the floor, and patted the carpet next to him. Micah sat. A moment later, the young woman with the curly, blonde ringlets came down the stairs. She had big blue eyes, pale skin, and a tiny but rigid frame like a doll propped up with sticks. Good morning, Hannah, Lila said and pointed at a spot on the floor next to Magda. Morning, 
she said in a meek voice as she took a muffin and clutched it like a kitten against her chest. As Hannah sat, the front door opened and in walked a young man with spiky blonde hair and a baby face complexion. Just like Hannah. They could have been brother and sister. Micah caught a smile across Hannah's face as this young man walked into the room, but she didn't look up. The young man was wearing a uniform, something custodial. Micah could smell the faint hint of chemicals wafting from his general direction. A sewn-on patch above his chest pocket read Garrett. House meeting, he said. Yes, Lila said, and she pointed to an open spot next to Micah. He dropped into a sit and offered a welcoming grin at Micah. Micah dipped his head in response, but he kept his mouth shut just like everyone else. Cyrus is the vine, Lila said. We are all the branches. Heads around the room nodded. We have a new member of the house, but only temporarily. Everyone, this is Micah. He's Magdalene's brother. And Micah, you've met Rodney. The other two are Hannah and Garrett. We all live and work in this house. When Cyrus comes home, the living arrangements may have to be... shuffled. Micah caught her eyebrows raised and her face light up when she said the name Cyrus. Whoever he was, Lila admired him. Since Micah's new, I thought now would be a good time to review the house rules for everyone. Garrett let out a small sigh, quietly enough that Lila didn't seem to pick up on it. Micah heard it, though. Bible study is twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays. Saturday is for quiet reflection, so no one is allowed to work on Saturday or to go into town. In your reflection, you may study the Bible, but the word of the Lamb will inform your interpretation. All questions will go to him through me. So, Cyrus was the vine, and he was also the lamb? Micah tried to get Magda's attention, but she wouldn't lift her face to him. Every time Lila turned her gaze away from him, he shot a look at Magda, but she wouldn't acknowledge his presence. But, Lila said, everyone must work. Micah, I will talk to you after the meeting, and we'll make some arrangement. We do not use or keep cell phones or computers in the house. No social media, either. Micah had no problem at all with the last rule, since his former association with Witsec had kept him off the social media since the trial. He also noticed there were no televisions anywhere to be found. Men and women, Lila said, do not speak unless there is a reason, and only with permission. When the website launches, we will need to be strong in our unity. The public view of us will change. We will talk about that more when the time comes, but we all must be ready for the increased scrutiny. Website? Micah was beginning to understand that these people were some kind of fledgling religious movement. Bible study, mythical leader, strict rules governing everyone's behavior. How the hell had Magda ended up with these people? There had to be a way to get her alone so he could find out what she was doing here. Magda may have been in it deeper than he'd first thought. Lila checked the grandfather clock behind her. Hannah and Magdalene, you should leave for work. The two women nodded and skulked off together up the stairs. The ticking of the clock echoed, and then the creaking of Lila's chair as she shifted her weight. Micah, can you stay after? Okay, he said as Rodney and Garrett got up and wandered off into the kitchen. Micah came within spitting distance of her. The scowl on her face seemed etched into the lines around her mouth. She had the milky and clear complexion of a little girl, but her face was as hard and as sour as an aging headmistress from some movie about boarding school. Do you have a passport? She said once they were alone. 
The fact that this woman had battered his sister not 15 minutes ago burned inside him. But clearly she had some kind of power over Magnus, so he needed to play along for now. Not on me. She held out a hand. I'll need to keep your cell phone, and if you have a laptop or a tablet, I'll need those too. Why? She didn't seem happy that he was questioning her, but she kept her tone civil. Those things are hindrances. We are here to learn from the lamb, to be free of the outside world and not revel in its distractions. You may think you're losing your connection, but give it a week and see how much more connected to understanding you become. This woman liked to talk in riddles. Okay, he said and handed his phone to her. I don't have a laptop or anything else. Good. Now you'll need to get a job even though you may only be here a short time. Everyone has to work. Okay. There's a hardware store in town and they're hiring. That's your best bet because Hannah and Magdalene work there, so you might use them as references. You can spend today in quiet reflection, but go down there tomorrow. It's behind the bank near the town visitor center. And Micah saw his opening. If Magda wouldn't speak to him at the house, he could get to her at work. But Lila must have seen this flicker of hope on his face because she leaned in close enough that he could smell muffin on her breath. Let me be clear, she said. The rules still apply outside of this house. You are not to talk to either of them. Our women are the moral backbone of our community, and they are not to be corrupted. Do you understand? Sure, uh, I understand. Okay, everybody, that is our reading for this episode. I want to thank you all for paying attention. I hope you were paying attention. Were you paying attention? Um, at least you were listening, and that, that may be good enough. That's good enough for me. Anyway, that's all I have to say for today. Uh, thanks, everybody, and I will see you next time. Thanks for listening to this week's installment of Nailgun Messiah. Be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes and tell your friends about it. Don't deprive them of this show. Go to www.jimheskit.com forward slash nailgunpodcast for information and we'll see you next week.